episode 27 of season two of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. First, we want to thank all our day one listeners and welcome to all our new listeners. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends, take a screenshot of you listening to the pod and put it on your story and we'll repost it on our Instagram and you'll be entered into a weekly lottery to win a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast sticker. And of course, give us a follow on Twitter. If you DM us, you'll also get a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast sticker and Instagram and check out our Patreon. We're excited to share our new sponsor of the podcast, a dating app called Bounce. It's a dating app currently in beta mode in New York City where you live match with someone and go on a date with them either that night or the next day. It's live for 15 minutes, so make sure you know the next bounce time. We love this app, promoting people to go out there and go on dates in real life. It's perfect for someone who's new to online dating and doesn't want to chat for a week before being ghosted since we've all been there. (laughs) Use our podcast code GFPOD when you sign up and you get your first bounce date drinks free. Link in our website. So this week, guys, we have two special guests with us today, Mike and John, who are from Collected Layers, a podcast about mental health and really interviewing people and helping people. So, John, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Just answer (laughs) uh, kind of quick questions like your name, your age, your height. No. (laughs) (laughs) Tinder bio. (laughs) Relationship status and where you're from. (laughs) Sure. So I'm John. I'm 29, uh, five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. For that. Um, and I'm single. Okay. Is another question? Did I miss it? Uh, where are uh, you living? Yeah. Oh, I'm living in Westchester County. Okay. Nice. Cool. How are you, nice. Mike? Yeah. Uh, Mike, 28, five, eight. <laughs> Ish. Okay, so that's six foot on Tinder. <laughs> six one. <laughs> um, I'm from Long Island, but living in Brooklyn, and I'm single. Cool. Okay, so you guys want to tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you know each other? Sure. Oh man, this is a great story. We give you the five minute version, or we give you. I mean, the we three and a half. Hour. Hour. <laughs> so, so our podcast started as a as a real passion project. So, long story short, um, we we both work for the JCK Foundation, and um, we were inspired by our friend John Kelly, who passed away in 2011 after uh, succumbing to his battle with OCD and depression. And he um, he was my best friend growing up because I suffered from OCD, and um, you know he was the person that was there for me. And I was telling you guys a little bit before, I'll never forget the first time I was actually, you know, I, we actually talked about it. He, um, I was diagnosed with it and he come over to me. He's like, John, like, I heard you had OCD. And I was like, how'd you know that? Like, who told you? He's like, dude, our mom's our best friends. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I was like, you have thoughts about the devil possessing your mom? And he's like, dude, all the time. I was like, no way, we're good. And this is a guy I looked up to so much. And it was just this like electric friendship from the start. I always knew him before. We both knew we had these issues going on, but we became like brothers and he, it was beautiful. And, um, unfortunately as we got older, um, he started suffering a little bit more. He was very isolated and, you know, I was going through some certain things too, but I felt like I was in control. And unfortunately when, when I was um, 21 and he was 20 a week before his 25th birthday, he, um, he passed, he passed away. Um, and obviously it was devastating and it really shook, shook me to the core personally because he was the only person I knew that went through this. And right. I was just so like, how am I going to get through this? Like, how am I going to live past a week before my 25th birthday? How, 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 how can I, how can I do this in a sense? And, um, we got really lucky with, I'm not really lucky. We had an incredible community of people that loved John and it wasn't just me who was upset. There was literally thousands of people who were devastated because he was the kindest soul imaginable. I'm not just saying that to say that his heart is pure, pure, one of the purest hearts you could imagine. He was just so genuine. And we started a softball tournament for him. Um, and 
it was a few months after he died and everyone came back and we all wore old little league uniforms and um, yeah, it was the first day that we all felt like healed in a sense or partially healed at that moment in time and we won and I did a big belly flop into our little pool with all my clothes out I was like yeah energy baby so I finally felt like myself again and after that I was like we, we gotta do something more and um, thanks to, to my roommate Dave Nevins actually he um, shout out Nevins. shout out to Dave he gave me an opportunity he was like you should do your senior capstone as a documentary on John and I was like I don't know if I could do it I ended up doing it and ended up being amazing because people were like, I relate to this. And we told his story through um, friends and family and also his personal journals that he, he'd he been carrying for a long, long time. And um, it was so sad to see some of the things, but so hopeful to see the hope that people were getting from John and knowing that you don't have to give up. Like there's people that are going through this. We're going to fight this together. We're going right. to end the stigma together. And most importantly, we're going to help you live a normal life. We're going to connect. And now kind of I'll fast forward a little bit and I, I would give talks and share the film at, at schools for the, as part of the foundation on the side. And I was working a full-time job at the time and I always wanted to do this full-time. And Mike was actually at one of the talks and we knew each other from freshman year at college actually. And we were really good friends, but he transferred and you know, we were always constantly stay in touch. And he saw one of the talks and he was like, how could I get involved? And I'll let Mike uh, take it from there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. John was like, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, great. Let me learn how to edit. And I literally spent hours and hours and hours just like figuring something out. Um, but quickly realized that John is, you know, pretty unorganized, um, a little bit, you know, all over the place. So we sort of made it our job to like have a closer relationship as like humans so that we could do this. And the podcast really was like the way that that started forming. And we loved it. It was cathartic to us. Um, my pops has a co-occurring disorder. So he's um, deals with alcoholism and depression. He was also diagnosed bipolar. So it's not like I was like foreign to it, but I'm not diagnosed with anything. Um, but you know, we all go through our ups and downs. So we try to take it from that perspective. Um, and eventually we kind of got on a stride and I was like, wow, this foundation, not just the podcast could really be something because the foundation always kind of sponsored the podcast. Right. Um, so eventually my dad was like in a really bad spot. I left work and that was last February, I think. Yeah. last February. And then, yeah, he had some shit go on. I left for Uruguay for a while, came back, and then that's when it kind of all started. And we started really putting, like, the pieces of the foundation together. Mm-hmm. And now the podcast has had, like, this kind of, I don't know, we use it to, like, market and stuff. But it's also very, like, how can we explore our own relationship on it? It's yeah, bad. that's cool. So you guys have guests every episode? Yeah. Our main goal is to share the guest story, share their experience, really, because there's so many different people out there going through different things, whether you're a quote unquote diagnosed sufferer or not. You're going to go through something in your life and you'd be amazed at how like an 18 year old man might connect to a 60 year old woman's story. You know, that's the beautiful part about it. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. Mental health is so, so universal. And when you're able to bring people together and you're able to hear them just talk openly about themselves and give them that opportunity, that's exactly what John Kelly would have wanted. And that's exactly what we love. And to be able to bring that to people means the world to us. Yeah, you guys do God's work. Yeah. <laughs> we're here talking about our sex lives. <laughs> you know what? We, we, we kicked this around yesterday and we were like, okay, we're going to go on this podcast that definitely talks about some things that like our donors would be like, ah. I don't know. You know what I mean? But then we're, you know, we're thinking about it and relationships and sex and the anxiety that comes along with that communicating, like 
all those things tie into the worst types of anxiety disorders that start from like little small nuggets of like, this was a tough night, like having sex with this dude, you know what I mean? Right. And we should be open to talking about that, but I don't know. Our society is still not there. So yeah. Like, I, I think dating when you have like a mental illness, mm, even if it's 100%. something small, like anxiety yeah. or like, you know, a little minor depression or something, yeah. it still takes an effect I'll in your life. And there's, I think there's <laughs> me and Elle joke that I'm just attracted to guys with mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your words, like, not I mine. Antidepressant, so I was like, this makes sense. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is hard to talk about. I was like on a, have never said this on the pod before, but I was on like antidepressants for a while. Mm. Um, and I'm seeing someone right now and over dinner last night, like I kind of just like threw caution to the wind and mentioned it. That's awesome. And it's like, it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I think that there probably are a lot of people that, you know, feel anxious about opening up about that. And so they don't. And I mean, when you're meeting someone for the first time, you're trying to put your best self out there. Yeah. So you try to tuck away those other parts of you. Yeah, um, I think it's like really important to like open up the conversation and to normalize it because as you said, like mental health is like such a universal, Absolutely. you know, issue that people deal with. It is. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't <laughs> discriminate. That, yeah. that hurt me so early on because um, I would always try to put on this. I, I can help you. I can, you know, I, I don't have to talk about my anxiety here. I can help someone else who I'm dating that might be going through something in a sense. And, right. you know, it's really hard because you care so much about other people in a sense. And especially with my OCDs responsibility OCD is what is is what it's called. And I always think, oh my God, if I do something and it affects them, I go into shambles and I start, instead of worrying about myself first, a lot of times I worry about how the other person feels. So on those dates, I would always be like, I got to come off as this perfect person that could save someone. And it was right. not good because it's not fully, you know, of course I'd love to help as many people as I can, but when you're not putting your best self out there, that's tough because your best self is everything involved with you, right? It's not yeah. just the, you but know, no one wants what, to hear about that on a first date, really, know, yeah, which I sucks. I and it's like, I it's see hard. a therapist and right. I started seeing basically about a year, my <laughs> therapy anniversary. And, <laughs> And it stemmed out of dating a guy who went to a therapist since he was like 18. It was a bit weird because he went to the same therapist his mom did. Like they all saw the same therapist and they would have like family sessions, like a family fight or something. They go and they talk to the therapist. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, maybe... 27 or 28 so he's about 10 years in therapy Mm -hmm. and he said to me yeah I think everyone should be in therapy like I think everyone just needs an outlet something to talk about and I always thought of it as like a thing that meant you were like broken I guess and then after we broke up I was like not in a great place just everywhere just like not even just because of the breakup it was just like personal stuff as well and business stuff and like what am I doing with my life kind of like 20s questions you ask yourself and I remember going on a couple of dates and like, it's so weird to say like, what do you like? It's such a random time. I see them. Oh, I see her on Monday nights at eight 30. Yeah. Like, what is anyone doing on Monday night? Yeah. Like, I just, this whole block of time. It's like, I can't go on that date. I, I like, I'm going to the exercise class. And it's like, <laughs> as everyone's consistent week to week. Yeah. Right. Start to notice. Yeah. Like yeah. even me, like I'm not diagnosed with anything. I've been going to therapy since I was 17, 18 years old too. And I go on and off all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree with that guy that you dated that everyone should be in therapy. You hated him. I I can hate someone and still think that they have a few valid opinions. Okay. Okay. I like like that. Yeah. (laughs) But that one in particular, I mean, and I'm constantly telling people that I'm constantly like preaching to my friends, like you should like, 
a therapist might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think it's also difficult. I mean, like what you said about being on a date and feeling like responsibility towards someone else's issues. Like it's hard to find that line between like helping someone and, you know, <sighs> so taking it on, taking on their, yeah. um, whatever they're going through. Yeah. yeah. So Mike, would you ever tell anyone you go to therapy? Like when you're, you're dating them? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred like, percent. That like first date material or. Um, situational and circumstantial, just like everything else, but I've definitely said it on the first date. I've definitely, um, like talked openly about mental health on a first date and most people have been super responsive, cool. Um, I think two of them I dated for like some period of time after that. Um, so most people are super open about it that also like we're living in this kind of bubble thing here in in New York. And I think it is more open here, but, um, you still see people who are like, because they don't understand exactly like exactly what depression is or exactly what OCD is, you know, and how that kind of separates out from the rest of the world. They just start asking questions and questions and you actually like, it does consume a conversation sometimes. It does. Right. Yeah. So you, sometimes I just don't say it just cause I don't want to take over the whole conversation with like, to talk about something else but see i'm really wary as a female to even say like i go to the therapist they're like why and like i'm not diagnosed with anything either my therapist likes to tell me i have anxiety but she's not giving me anything for it so whatever (laughs) but yeah like it's hard to mention that because then you also there's this whole like stereotype of like the crazy ex-girlfriend or the crazy girl and you don't want to add any fuel to that fire they're already thinking okay is this like hot girl so crazy yeah all hot girls are crazy <laughs> that's true we are true. <laughs> <laughs> I actually to, I was dating this woman for uh, a long time a really long time and um, and we we had broken up and we're still like talking a little bit and we had a really funny exchange of text messages over the word hormone and hormonal and how it applies to men and women and yeah. it got into like this whole crazy experts this uh, and then we tried to write a really, really long piece jointly about it. Like, um, <laughs> it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> Why? It ended in like 30,000 words just like thrown away. And we were like, fuck this. Like, we're probably not going to talk to each other again. Wow. Um, ended a relationship, that essay. <laughs> no, no. The relationship was over before that. We tried to like kind of just do it as like a, a fun thing to kind of like mm. wrap up all of our thoughts. So you guys are both single. What do you use for dating? app-wise or not apps. Or, yeah, how do you meet people? Yeah. I love meeting people in person only because I, I am such an energy guy, right? Like, I can't... I was telling you guys this the other night, too. Like, I, I have the apps. I think I have a few apps, but it's interesting. It's like... I got the app. I, got, I have, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I have Bumble and Hinge is what I would use, right? But but when I meet people in person, I just... I'm able to connect with them from the start, right? And when I'm on an app and I'm talking to someone, like, I'll blow it because I don't know how to text. Yeah. Like, I, I know how to I'm talk like, to someone. I am the same like, way. I, I text with so many exclamation points because I don't want people to think that I'm, like, this dull guy. Yeah. I don't want people to think that, why is this guy texting with exclamation He's points? He's so dull. Who is really superior. <laughs> <laughs> Like, who is this guy, right? So I'm like, I just love getting out there and like being able to meet people in real life. But it's interesting. It's I do struggle with dating because I my mind is very I don't want to say interesting, not in an interesting way. No, no, not like that way. My point is my mind is very I don't want interesting is not the right word, but it's like the way it works. I get so I, I get so consumed by the person that I like in mm. a sense, right? And it's dangerous for me because I have, I, I, my focus right now is on the foundation on being out there and helping people and, and getting our programming up and running. And, you know, sometimes if I like someone and I focus too much time on them, I'm like, oh man, because I, I have an addictive personality. I, I need to work more on the way I, I guess, 
look for something in a sense, right? Not mm. put all my marbles into one basket and make it just a part of my life in a healthy way. Yeah. And I've never, I feel like I've never been able to date in a healthy way, not because of the other person, because the way I, oh man, like that, this magical feeling of love. And then I fall into it and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm focusing on this. And oh my God, I forgot to write this huge thing for the foundation. I forgot to go out, you know, it's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's what I mean by interesting, not like that. No, no, it's a complicated situation for sure. I think everyone's dating life is always gonna, especially in New York, you're, you're a professional life always is the first thing on everyone's mind mine included I think everyone I know who kind of in their 20s if you've moved here even if you're from here like your career is first no one's looking for like a husband or a girlfriend really and it's what we found also being in our mid-20s and dating like a lot of guys are just not ready to commit and to the point that we're like well now we're not ready to commit (laughs) it's also like living in New York like you kind of have to be focused on your career otherwise what is paying your bills How are you living here? (laughs) Oh, it's true. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, I'm the same where I get, I have a super addictive personality and I get super consumed when I'm dating someone and like stop answering my friends and like stop doing things with anyone else. I literally spent all last weekend with the guy that I'm seeing and then like hung out with him last night, made plans with him for today. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm seeing, I know, I'm like seeing like the signs and I'm like, okay, Elle, you need to slow your roll. Yeah, there's there's, like, there's something like lovely about someone wanting to spend that much time with you, you That's know? True. Absolutely. In a very egotistical, narcissistic way where yeah. it's like, oh, I like They're love to be loved, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, uh, what about you, uh, Mike? Um, so I don't have any apps. I haven't really been dating. I did like a like a Tinder stint for a while, maybe like nine, nine months ago, six months ago, something like that. Tinder stint. What does that mean? Just like a month or two on there and like, holy shit, like notifications for me personally on my phone are like my worst enemy. So <laughs> like dating apps just don't really work for like my day to day, like circadian rhythm. But, um, what are you like looking for in a relationship? So I was just, I was going to say the only like thing that I think about my like default whenever I like don't have something else going on has been alone time for so long, like for probably like four or five years now. Um, since I had like my last, like what I would consider a serious relationship. And so now it's like, you've kind of like spent all that time alone, like thinking of like the archetypal person, you know, and then you go out there and you go on this, like, you know, spree of like 35 dates in like, you know, I don't know, two months, three months. Been there. And And you're like, fuck, I have to go through all these conversations and like, you're still not really hitting the mark, but also mm-hmm. these realistic, like these expectations are super unrealistic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, we talk um, about this a lot about like creating yeah. this, like <laughs> this perfect person in your mind. And, totally. Like, you know, the totally. more you date, the more you realize what you like and what That's you don't. And point. so you start like creating like all these check boxes that 100%. each person needs right. to meet. And it's, it's like, like, I like their hobbies. I like their job. I'll take their butt. Like, <laughs> yeah, put it all together. Oh so, like, a little yeah, it's like that, that movie, um, a freaking Disney movie where they like build like the perfect woman. Like yeah. that's literally it. I was actually thinking of the American horror story season of coven they basically make a zombie hot guy <laughs> yeah no that's true right? <laughs> anyone, zombie anyone hot guy zombie i just found guy. my new what are you looking for <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting though like, if you think about it like it's it's brutal that that's what it comes to in a sense and you always are like i this person needs to be this and this and this it's like i wish you could just like swallow it all and just like enjoy it you know yeah, and just yeah. like be able to enjoy it more be able to enjoy the moment and just look at people for their good qualities but then it's like alright but then if something happens it's like well I didn't think enough about the bad while I was putting this together right yeah it's 
So at the, at the stage, are you guys looking for something more serious, like a, or it doesn't really matter? You know what? It, it's I think I'm a helpless romantic deep down. As you know, it's just I share that with him. Yeah, sure. it's it's it yeah. is, is it helpless or hopeless? <laughs> hopeless. Oh, hopeless. See, I'm bad with words. We're both helpless and hopeless. <laughs> yeah. Romantic, so. yeah, but it's like ladies, I, we have two good guys in New York. We just found them. We just found them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really know us yet. It's just tough because again, it's like I I have my own sense of like self protection when I date, but at the same time, it's like listen, like of course I would love to meet the person that I want to marry. You know, like I'm 29. I don't want to put an age to it, but you know that's why I also it's tough dating for me because I always I always see it's like oh man I I, I can never like date just to like just to like date in a sense. It's like I always date because I'm looking for maybe someone that. I could spend a long time with. Right. You know? Um, I find that funny, John, because, okay, so I know John and Mike because they were a part of a podcasting panel that I went to this week, and we had dinner after, and I asked John, what is your Tinder age? <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a good question. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> you want to repeat it for our listeners? Yeah. I, it's 23 to 30, I think it was 23 to 35. Interesting. Yeah, 23 to 35. Yeah. Okay. So That's the age group that I think I would be able to... To date. Have you dated older women? No, not technically. Okay. Yeah. Not technically? I haven't. What's, a, what's the technicality on? <laughs> yeah. I haven't like what consistently dated. So yeah. Okay. No. No. Yeah, just no. So, no. But, but you've like been on a date with an older woman? Yes. What's like the dynamic there? <laughs> oh my god, your face says it all. Yeah, totally. Oh, That's god. a good John face. Oh, you guys got it out of him. <laughs> Especially for the younger listeners who are women, I think they all, we hear this thing about older women being confident Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to recreate, especially when you're younger, figuring shit out. And it's hard for us even to talk to our female friends when we consider ourselves very confident people. But some of the things that even we would do, they wouldn't do because they don't feel the confidence to do it. So what's it like dating someone who's older, who's a woman, compared to someone who's younger? Yeah, Yeah, it's actually very interesting. The person that I dated that was that was older, I went on one date with her and, you know, she was really sweet. Like had a really nice, nice heart. But it was funny. It's almost like I felt like she was younger than me. That makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. it's almost like, yeah, she might have been older, but she um, I don't know. I felt like our lives were in different spots, so to speak. Right. Like I was really focused. I knew what I wanted to do. I know where I am in life. I know what my goals are. I know what my mission is. I know exactly what I want to do. And with her, it actually, um, she was, she didn't, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not putting her on blast or anything. It's just actually, it, it's interesting. I, I haven't dated an older woman that had, I guess, um, you know, I don't want to, I'm trying to figure out the right words to describe, but I haven't dated an older woman that had her, her, her goals that had her shit together is yeah. what you're trying to say. Yeah, in a nice. There you go. <laughs> Which makes sense though, because every time I date an older guy, and I think the same is for you, Al, that they match up and where we are in life. But at the same time, I don't want to date a 29 year old who's at the same set, like point of my life that oh, I am because I don't have point. my shit together. You should have your shit together. Right. Yeah. Not that age is the best precursor yeah. for that. No. But and not that I have my shit general, together. You know, there's general. Yeah. 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 And I wonder if maybe that's part of the reason why she's dating younger is because she doesn't feel the pressure from someone exactly. her age who has, mm, you know, who has their life plan completely mapped out. Exactly. And it was interesting. We had a great, it was a great date, but I was like, at the end, we kind of knew it was like, okay, like probably not going to go on a second date, you know? And it was funny. You were talking about texting too. And yeah. we just both didn't text each other. It wasn't like a mm. ghost. It was just like, we both were like, okay, like See, I respected everything about it. She was really, really cool, but it just wasn't meant to be. We know? call that a mutual we call that, ghost. Yes, I was <laughs> the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you both think about that? Yeah, 
about that is that best um, case scenario yeah. you're both not interested mutual yeah. ghosting okay so when I first started dating in the city I was very frank with guys when we went on a date and I didn't see it going anywhere and I would text them and I would say you know I had a great time but I don't really see this panning out it's awesome though um, but I would do that and I got a lot of responses oh, that I were mm-hmm. not so great so a lot of those um, men probably weren't ready to hear it when they're yeah. confused and they're like this went well and, yeah. and you tell them that and we talk about this a lot. Anger is that like default machismo, like yes. absolute outcome. Like yeah. it happens so much with guys and even, you know, guys were around even us to a certain sense. And you're like, why does this, is it, a, is it really a gendered thing? But you see it so much. Like, yeah. yeah. I think women would respect it if they got a text message like that because yeah. they're so used to being ghosted. But guys, yeah. when they receive a message that's like, hey, I'm not interested in you and you're just trying to be frank and honest, it's like saying it's basically like a hard rejection saying like, N- right. thanks. Nothing but you next. know what? That's a beautiful thing, though, because you're honest about it and you're not you're not leading them on. You're saying, listen, like it didn't work out. I'm not saying anything bad about you as a person. It's just like, you know what? Sometimes. All right. Maybe that maybe that person was like, oh, I liked you a lot. Right. right. And of course, like you don't want to hear no. But at the same time, you got to be mature enough to say, you know what? Wow. That's actually amazing that she texted me and told me this. And now I don't have to. She's not leading me on. So right. To speak. Right. And yeah. you're not like left wondering what went wrong. Why didn't we ever speak again? Literally like Maine. OK, I've been talking about this guy for almost a year and that's just long story short long story short I met this guy last year on St. Patty's Day um, we had a challenge to meet people in real life because that's a difficult thing for us Whole episode. I love that though. took us I'm two glad. weeks yeah. yeah we're gonna get some pointers <laughs> to meet from you sure. no just to just to try it out get enough content because okay, yeah. we, we gave ourselves the challenge we do this sometimes we're like we'll go on activity date and we'll talk about it on the podcast or we'll like try to meet someone in real life and we thought okay that's you know we could do that in a week we could do that <laughs> a week had passed and we hadn't met anyone in real life <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's not even like we haven't seen people. It's like we're just terrified. We have it's seen people. Yes. Yeah. I see a cute guy and it's like, oh fuck, for the pod, for the pod. I'm going to It's good to challenge yourself like that. But so we extended yeah. it because the following weekend was St. Patty's Day and we were like, well, what better, you know, what better way to meet someone than drunkenly at a bar? <laughs> so super cute guy. Yeah. My roommate. My current roommate actually wasn't my roommate at the time, but she just went up and she introduced me and was like, oh, like, have you met my friend? And so me and this guy went on a great first date, like probably one of the best first dates I've ever been on. And then we never spoke and went out again after that. Really? And I've been wondering and I've been carrying this for almost a year now where I'm just like, what went wrong? You know what? And if he had sent me one text and said, hey had a great time with you, but don't see this going anywhere, I'd be, yeah. you know, I'd be at peace. Maybe. You didn't hit him back, though? I tried. I tried. We tried. I tried. Like, nothing that no, you No, no, no. Yeah. So we texted a few times. I was always initiating and trying to ask him mm-hmm. out again. Um, and he'd be like kind of either flaky about it or he'd say yes and then flake the day of. Oh, that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst. That's yeah. Right. Maybe, you know what? As, as, as simple as this might sound, this is, this is just, I'm just like trying to think, right? Maybe he just wasn't ready in a sense. Maybe he liked you. Maybe he did really like you. Maybe his whole thing was maybe he was caught up on something else in his life. Maybe he didn't want to take that risk because he did like you as messed up as that sounds but that sometimes flakes that's you know why what? people flake I, I can sleep better at night knowing that maybe I was the perfect person yes, yeah. he no, wasn't serious. ready for me <laughs> yeah no that's a real thing that's like, a real thing trust me I've definitely, really? I've definitely had guys like be like I don't even want to dive into this I'm just like I, I'm not I don't have the energy like I'm not gonna I don't want to be a good person right now you know like this person is like too good like I just 
I don't even want to do yeah. that. Yeah, and we've talked about this before <laughs> too, about like feeling like you need to be your best self before you can like really oh, date. Oh my your God. Best self. 100%. I always, I feel like 100%. I'm like walking the line between you want to be like the girl from Material Girl, but you also want to be the girl that want to you want to sleep with them because you yeah. do want to do that. So it's like, which one are you? Yeah. Like you the Virgin Mary or the Madonna? Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a lot more pressure definitely put on women in that perspective. I think yeah. that's classic yeah. and and and. and <laughs> I'm timeless now. Like I still feel like it's still, it's still in that perspective. Um, but yeah, I think getting to the perfect time is kind of a joke because as we like work in the mental health world, that just does not happen, especially yeah. if you are dealing with a mental illness or even if you're not, there's no perfect time. Um, but <laughs> I kind of like, I think about myself in the dating world. It's like, I would have loved someone to like, come on the come up with me and like, you know, you know, be that, you know, body Clyde, whatever. But now I'm just like, Nah, fuck it. Like until like until I'm just like sitting back, like relaxed. I don't want to get married. I don't want to do like any of that. Like I so would love to. Let's say you meet you your know? perfect girl like tomorrow. Wow, I what really do? don't think it would work out. Really, I'd probably hit the self destruct button a month in. Like I just what? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> totally. Like it's just we both self destruct in different ways, but it's interesting. What's, what's your <laughs> usual time span? You said a month. Yeah, a month if I don't like. John, what's yours? Like four. <laughs> Four months? Yeah. Wow, that's longer than... It takes me four months. You know what it said? It takes me four months to really start opening up about my own head. Mm. Uh, Because I... Four months. Mate, I can't even get a guy to text me back after like two dates. (laughs) That's terrible. And I've been really really working on it. Like, you know, people, you know, if I I do feel a connection with someone, I try really early on to like, be honest, I do suffer from depression, which don't... People, not a lot of people know. And it's actually one of the first podcasts, it probably is the first podcast I've said this on besides kind of subtly in ours. And I was thinking about this this morning, actually. I was recording a little thing about my own head. Cause sometimes I do that, you know, just to like get my thoughts out there. I was actually yeah. sometimes I do that, but sometimes it's the first time I've ever done it. <laughs> but it was funny because I, I've always pr- pride myself so much on being like a leader and being someone that, that brings so much energy to the table and that can help people. But then I was like, you know what? There's actually a lot of sadness in there that I don't always recognize with. And I got to start doing that. And I got to start being honest with it because that makes me a stronger person. And it makes the person that I'm dating or person who knows, who knows what the future holds that person. But the more I can kind of get that off my shoulder and early, 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 early point in the, in the dating period, right? The easier it gets later on, if it does become something good. And if it doesn't work out, at least I tried, right? Yeah. You can sum that up in a really great point. You have to be open to give somebody else the tools to help you. hundred percent. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So Mike, I'm going to ask this knowing a little bit about this story, but what is your most interesting date? (laughs) Yeah. We we talked about this a little before and I casually mentioned I went on a silent date. (laughs) Um, and it was really funny because it was my idea. It was a second date. We had the most magical, like, first date I've ever had. What I, was I the remember calling her. Yeah. Right Super simple. She was, um, I'm not going to say her name, um, but she runs an extraordinarily cool bar that actually doesn't have drinking at it. So she is on this, like, cool, different, like, no drink grind. And I, like, asked her to go to a bar. Obviously, I didn't know any of this beforehand. Um, so she like, didn't get something to drink. And like, that's always like kind of first thing, but the conversation was great. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's always fucking awkward. Yeah. And then she just like opened up right away. And I was like, dope. Like, let's get the fuck out of here and talk, like take a walk. It was beautiful. Like summer night. And we walked around this like park that had this like little circle thing in the middle. And we were like walking around the circle thing. We just kind of sat in the middle for like hours after that. Um, but anyway, and then I called John. I'm like, John, he found her. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I, was driving, I was driving down to Jersey, getting the call, and I was like, yo, he sounds 
electric right now. Oh my God, like, amazing. He must really, I, and he told me the whole story and I was like, wow, she sounds incredible. Like, go for it, Mike. Like, keep going. Like, like let's, let's make this happen. Yeah. You know? Wow, this must be like your cleanest podcast. No, I this, mean, is probably the, <laughs> this is probably the most wholesome. <laughs> I think millennials we did get not married. Have sex pretty, that night. Oh yeah, millennials get married is a pretty <laughs> pretty wholesome one. Uh, but yeah, after that, I was like, hey, you know, our second date should be a silent date. So Wait, what do you mean by silent date? Literally, like we're not gonna talk. Like, well, that no, sounds like, hot. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what, like so. I wanted her to think that it was just gonna like oh come over and we're just gonna have sex, and I knew like she's not that kind of person. Like, right. So I was like, this is the perfect setup. So like I put like literally like recreate this little area up on my roof, like bring all the shit up there. And like actually, like she had mentioned something about like always wanting space. So I put like a little like like divider table in between us and we were like sitting, like watching like the sunset. <laughs> and <laughs> she she breaks the silence and she's like, I've gone silent 14 days in my life. And I was like, and I'm saying that it was so hard to stay silent. Like, yeah. yeah. And we're kind of like communicating back and forth. But then because like she had her space and I kind of like separated us, it made her like really actually like want to be next to me. And right. like it ended up obviously getting to that point. Like after a while, like a silent date turned into nothing's hotter than a louder date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so funny that like you to to like get closer, you have to give people that space yeah. too. So it was great. And after that, it was like it was a really fun like two and a half month relationship. And then. Damn, should, I, should we try a silent date? I want to try it. You really should. Yeah, should I, sexual you, very quickly. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Like, honestly, it's probably, like, way more easy sexual if that's, like, up front, too. But, like, if you can try, like, two or three hours, no talking, no nothing, just that's... being next to a person, like, it was it was kind of incredible. Can you watch a movie? <laughs> <laughs> could get through the date itself but i wouldn't be able to have sex silently like i need yeah. to talk, like i mm. need a dialogue the mm. whole time like Seriously. i need Open to dialogue. i need to yes. talk constantly i could tell a whole fucking story Elle, like, you during not, sex. Elle, you cannot go two hours without talking i bet you yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> neither can i so are, wait hold on are you just talking like dirty talk or are you talking like are you guys telling short no, stories I to just, each other <laughs> <laughs> Childhood experiences, reliving some old nostalgia. <laughs> Telling him what I had for breakfast. Avocados! <laughs> it was multi-grain! <laughs> no, I just, I need, like, positive feedback, and I need, it, like, got it, got it. to give, like, some direction so, to ask if I'm doing the right thing, so just, like, kind of yeah. open dialogue, and then I, I need feedback the whole time. Like, I need to know that it's amazing, so that... I feel amazing. Yeah. There's like, that reminds me of the different types of like love languages, actually. Yeah. Have you guys heard of that? I don't think so. So it's like a little quiz you can do online, but there's this whole idea of people show love a certain way Mm. and they also like to receive love a certain way. So they have, um, what is it? Words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, gift giving, things like that. So I could be a person that's like physical touch is very important to me, like PDA and stuff like that. Mm. That's what I value. And that's how I want someone to show their love to me. Let's say they like showing their love through giving gifts, giving gifts. I really don't care about because most Mm -hmm. of the time you're giving the wrong gifts. Very (laughs) so it's like a very interesting i would love to talk about this when we guess on your podcast but like yeah yeah, like love languages i think are so vital to every relationship because they've been ever since learning about this i look back at past relationships and i think oh why haven't they really worked out or maybe it was like a lot of love languages like they show their love a different way and i wanted to receive my love in a different way do they say those people are incompatible 
Um, I think it's just about knowing, being aware of it, yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. kind of working around it in a way where it's like, okay, appreciate that that person gave you a gift, even though they're not physically affectionate with you, they're showing their love in a different way. Right. Yeah. And then communicating your needs that they're aware of your love language too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Guess take the quiz. Have you, have, you, <laughs> have you never though had silent sex? I've never. Probably. Yeah. I have. Yeah, like first, like. But so good I, or bad? Like. Most of usually it, bad. bad. Like usually not great because I mean, if I think back, I mean it's usually probably times when I don't feel comfortable enough with someone to have a dialogue and to tell them what I need and mm. like so you know like awkward kind of like first sex encounters with people and like just not really talking about what I want the whole time and then it's like over in like six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you know I like I like talking. I love dirty talk. I really do. Yeah. I like dirty talk too. Like, yeah. but that's like. <laughs> That's like not, you know, I don't need dirty talk. Like dirty talk is like a fun thing you can add in, but I think I at least need like positive feedback and direction at the very, at, at a talk. minimum. <laughs> I do. So, sometimes I try it with a lot of guys and they're like, yeah, uh, they just don't really reply. And I was like, come on, like, give me something. Yeah. And I remember I was not into it at first. And my long-term boyfriend for three and a half years, he really liked it. So he like, like, oh, you know, babe, try it. And I was like, I don't know. I feel stupid. I think like, <laughs> when everyone yeah. thinks I sound stupid. Yeah. And then I just kind of leaned into it a bit. I was like, whatever, like, let me give it a go. And I tried it. I really, really liked it. And it's like amazing way, I think also to turn women on because they're, they take a while for like the foreplay and all of that comes into play. And like, it's really hot. And I think to every woman to hear a guy saying how much they want you, yeah. you know, and what they like about your body. So guys, top tip. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also a little bit of like muscle memory. It's like, you have yeah. to kind of like, you do what you need something to practice with. Like, seriously, if you're just like, you know, if it's not your thing or you're just not comfortable talking in general, like it's probably just muscle memory, like <laughs> get to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> practice it more. But I feel the exact opposite. But like when I feel more comfortable with a woman, I, especially over time, like it always seems to be the less and less words we do need. And like, everything's guided by touch and everything's guided by like what we know about each other kind of inside and out. I always thought that was the best set I've ever had. Yeah. I agree. When you can get to that point with someone, but some people have, it's kind of quick. Like when, when you just kind of like get in a groove and I don't think this is like, it's not often, but you can definitely find it and like really get there fast. And so that's why I was like, wow, like I, I've never had someone who like was, I can't like be as quiet or mm-hmm. like really like giving a lot of feedback. I really haven't had that. In, I yeah. I remember how long. When we were at dinner, you guys said something interesting about. You were saying, would you ever stop dating a girl? Would you only date a girl because the sex is good? Yeah. And you both said no, which was really surprising yeah, to definitely me. Because I think I definitely would keep seeing a guy, even though he was like garbage trash. Uh, even though the sex is good. And every girl has a story like that. So is this a segue into your night with Big Dick Energy? I mean, it could be. <laughs> um, Listeners, please share my collective, you know, collective disappointment. We already had this. someone, one of our listeners uh, reach out to us. Shout out to her. Um, she reached out to us on Instagram and DM us. And she said, listen to the most recent episode. I am not a fan of Big Dick Energy or the concept. <laughs> Because L shouted out, it's like anyone, anywhere. If you're listening, please send us a sign. A brief uh, background on this dude. We matched on Tinder and he wasn't very good at messaging or maybe I wasn't good. Mm. I can never tell. Not very great at messaging. We, after messaging for about like, I don't know, a week here and there, like very sparsely, he 
wanted to go on a date and he says, meet me here. And it's like really deep in Bushwick. And at this point I am in Manhattan. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to do this. And I was not in the mood. I, it was a horrible day. You know, you're not in the mindset to like go on a date. You're not like feeling yourself, whatever. Was not planning to have sex with him. I would have worn better underwear. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's an important detail. So we, we go on the date. We have a couple drinks. He is, and this never happens. And I think anyone who's been on an internet date knows what I'm saying, but like he looks better than his photos. Like, like amazing like taller literally literally never (laughs) so fit he told me he was like a prom king I was like holy shit someone who's not popular in high school it's like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm blessed (laughs) so I obviously had a glow up and um we went back to his place because that was just I was feeling it. Because like, he conveniently picked a spot that was down the yes. street from his place oh, yes. because he wanted to bang you on yes. the first date. Yes. Totally. And I, and <laughs> I Let's wanted call to bang a spade him. a spade here. And I wanted to bang him, though. After meeting him, I was like, I was... I fucked the underwear. Like, let's go. Okay. <laughs> so we had an amazing first sex experience, which also never really happens. Like mm. you said, I think you need that little back and forth and get to know each other's bodies, but not all the time. Some people are just really good meshing sexually. And that was what we were. So I tried to meet up with him again and it was just like not working out slash. He wasn't texting me back slash. He only wanted me to go over to his house to fuck him basically. And I was pretty much done with him. I was like, I'm going to respect myself and blah, blah, blah. L I changed his name in her phone. Deleted the text. I made it like made her delete. Like you delete, I all social media contacts I and everything. everything. I did not match him on Tinder because I like to use radius sometimes, but I'm whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Whoa. I'm embarrassed. But I had L after I was like, I'm done with him, right? Uh, super hungover, which seems to be a theme of our life. Yeah. And I, I give Al my phone. I was like, change his name to anything. You know, I am, I don't want to know what it is, you know? And if a random thing, like this weird to text me, I'm going to know it's him. She changes his name and took some, takes him all the day to text me. And it's like, I got a text from Ramen. <laughs> because my thought process is that if B is scrolling through her phone, trying to figure out like who I changed the name to, she sees ramen. She's like, oh, it's just a ramen place. Yeah. Or maybe it's a weird spelling of Raymond, right? Like very ambiguous. Oh. Works, in, works in a few different ways. She gave but it she, thought. It took all of a day for me to be like, screenshot, who is ramen? Yeah. Is no, no, no. You literally texted me. Why am I getting a text from ramen right now? <laughs> So, um, we didn't end up meeting up and I think the one other time I tried to meet up with him again, it was like, yeah, just like I canceled a first date with someone else to go and hang out with him after he texted me later that night. I know. And then he canceled on you. I was like, fuck this. Instinct, instinct. <laughs> so last night I was on a date, a second date, okay, keep it date, and I was not feeling it at all. It was actually like some of the top worst dates. I had a lot of worst dates recently. You have. Um, but we had, I guess I didn't really realize we didn't, we were incompatible because the first date we had, 
uh, I actually had a second date after <laughs> planned. <laughs> so our sponsor bounce, you match the same day you go on a date. So I haven't gotten on a bounce date. So I was just on the app and it was a bounce tonight. So I was like, all right, let me treat, see if I can find a date, even though I already have a date. I know it's insane. So because I, I wasn't expecting to get a match. And then literally five minutes into the 15 minute bounce time, I find a date. And I was like, oh, he's cute. He said, yes, we're meeting. I have a date tonight. Yeah. How can I do this? So I push back the bounce date by half an hour because you can do that. And then I text him. I was like, hey, like, um, I'm here, but like, I can only be here for like a little bit. I have a hot yoga class tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet for an hour. The bar is super loud and crowded and we're chatting and it's totally fine. Go on the second date. Second date with a second dude was much better. Um, so I only had an hour, really, hour and a half of knowing this dude in a crowded bar. This time I went to see him, it was at his friend's gig, and it sounds horrible, and it was. Yeah. It was, I mean, the music was fine, very shoegazy, Brooklyn-esque bullshit. Um, his friends were cool. Shoegazy. You can find that somewhere. And he was just, like, putting on this, like, male ego, I don't know. Like, his face was genuinely emotionless all the time when he was mm. speaking. It was weird. That was weird. It, I don't know if he was trying to be cool in front of his friends, but his friends were chill, and, like, I was friendly with his friends, and he was just being very stoic about stuff and his jokes were not funny and that's a big thing for me like being funny like he's a guy he's a not funny guy trying to be a funny guy which is the worst (laughs) which is the worst so I was like god damn it I am deep in Bushwick now (laughs) this date is awful (laughs) what do I do and I was in Big Dick Energy's neighborhood so I gave him a text kind of like whatever and I I doubt he was even going to text me back and he did and then we ended up having sex and it was great so that's great I don't know what we are but we're definitely nothing there is no we there is you having (laughs) sex with this guy (laughs) don't bring us into this mess (laughs) okay after fucking a small penis in a car after having bad sex and bad dates I deserve good sex L I deserve it I'm not gonna apologize to it I'm not gonna apologize to our listeners yeah but you can have good sex with someone who has like even a baseline level of respect for you I'll wait for it okay (laughs) I'll wait I'll wait we'll get there respectable man who gives you good sex what are some of the things like why when you say respectable what are some of the things that would make them unrespect um a guy who goes on a first date with you under like the like the pre- pretense of doesn't mean you want to date you right but then just ends up like booty calling you after that okay late night like you, behavior. right like late it, night like you up texts okay um mm-hmm. proposing a second date that's literally not even a date it's just you going over to his house is he cooking is he no he is there probably answering the door in his boxers and yeah. ordering you like sex on demand um, showing up in a sweatshirt on a second date or yeah. a first date come Oof. on mate like I know we're in the age of streetwear <laughs> but like come on Oh no! <laughs> Guys, really thinking about your life? Of course, yeah. Okay, but the thing is, one of those things by themselves is like fine, like you can get over it. Magical. But when he's a guy who's wearing a sweatshirt, inviting you over the second time you're supposed to hang out, mm. not even being able to go to a bar on his own street, and instead yeah. being like, eh, "Just come over, I'm tired, I'm oh, lazy," yeah. like all of those things, that makes him a fuck boy. Yeah, that's big dick energy. Yeah. He's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you you asked us that question. I was so surprised when we had the exact opposite response. It's like, yeah, I'd stare with somebody for that. Yeah. 
And that's it, literally, like, not his owning only redeeming qualities of sex, obviously mm. his body, obviously his penis size. But besides <laughs> all of that... <laughs> He's very tall. John's <laughs> cringing, thinking about what the sponsors are thinking. <laughs> you know, we had a huge conversation about it yesterday, and John was, had one opinion, I had another. But, like, I think this is big to talk about for mental health, and we no, should, I we think should so not too. stop, like, not being open about, like, sex and penis size and stuff like that, like... It's yeah. an okay thing if you have a mature ear, but we also like talk to kids at school. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like, knowing your audience. No When you want to talk about relationships with a 16 year old girl comes up to, to John and she's like, I'm struggling. You know, my boyfriend's this and I'm really depressed and that. Like, are we not going to have the language for it? Yeah. And we would not to talk like, to these Just girls. because we're a different gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you should get that. not your girlfriend condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we can bring you into a program, but uh, we'd have to not say you were B&L from not your girlfriend's podcast. So, John, you never answered what your most interesting date was. Have you been thinking about it? Um, My most interesting date? It could be best. It could be worst. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think. It could just be weird. <laughs> think, I don't go on many dates. I really don't. I, all the dates I've had, so this is actually interesting. So a lot of the th- first dates that I had ended up turning into like, are we talking about like first dates? Are we talking about like, like any? Yeah. Oh man, I'm trying to, you know, this is actually That's bad. An absolute no, but I, I haven't had many interesting <laughs> dates. That's yeah, like you're my- out there. Okay. I have a different question. Yeah. Can we circle back to how you meet people in real life? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love <laughs> we need some pointers, life. some pro yeah, tips. Yeah. Honestly. And what do you like, recommend for us as uh, females, the way we look, you, you know, can see us. Yeah. How do we well, meet you, people? You gotta, you gotta trust yourself. First of all, you gotta be confident in who you are. You gotta be confident in what you're bringing to the table. You gotta be confident. Like, listen, like I'm, I'm going to enjoy the moment right now. Right. So when you're out there and when you're, you know, if you're getting shy or it's like most guys, I, I don't want to say most guys. Cause I have no, like, at least with me. So I'm going to speak for my personal perspective. Okay. If 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 a woman comes up to me and I was like, hey, like what's going on? At the very least, I'm gonna talk to them and like engage in a conversation because I respect the fact that they came up to me. That takes a lot of courage sometimes. And yo, I'm gonna like I'm gonna like, hey, like, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm I'm leaving now, or you know, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm gonna be very kind of honest with them about how I'm feeling. You know, I'm not gonna say, oh, you know, like I'm not gonna say right, you know. I'm not going to say, you know, it's not going to go anywhere or it's going to go somewhere. The point is, if someone comes to me and talks to me, I'm going to give them the time of day and I'm going to talk to them like a human. My my worry is if I go up and I talk to a guy at a bar, even if he's not interested in me, he now knows that I'm DTF or like really interested in him. And he's going to use that and take advantage of that and like just sleep with you because you're easy because you're already interested. You already took away half the battle. Yeah, but you don't have to sleep with them immediately. I mean, you can if you want to, but like. Yeah, I keep having to remind myself that's an option. Yeah. say you know let's go out sometime soon yeah and go on a date with them and maybe withhold sex for a little bit just to be sure that they actually like you i hate that women have to do that though i do hate that too because sometimes you just need a good lay yeah but you know you found that to be a pretty hard hard line (laughs) but i think guys do take advantage of the fact if you know like a girl comes up to you even if she's not your cup of tea you're not she's not super attractive to you that you think okay well i could just see where this goes like but also there's a caveat on your story too you have a huge friend group that stays like in and around new york and westchester like i feel like there's always new people like in and out of your crew too which is (laughs) like a great thing to live in your hometown being close to and 
Yeah, you, I, you stay close to so many. That's people. why I'm able to meet so many people because I'm able to, like a lot of the people that I've dated are through mutual friends in a sense. I've I've uh, met the, okay. the actually the the older woman that I went on a date with. I actually met at a party that wasn't that was the only person I've actually dated that's kind of been outside of that. Well, that's not true. I, now I'm thinking like way back. You got me. You guys got me thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. So like you know what? A lot of the, well, so the the two like seri- more serious I guess relationships that I've had were from um, women that were in our, uh, the towns next to me in okay. a sense, and you know great people. But we I, they knew of me before, and I knew of them before. But, John, can we uh, become yeah. part of your friend group? <laughs> <laughs> You can always you can always become part of our friend group. We're very welcoming people. Okay, cool. We're in. Party Westchester. I have to yeah. say, I feel like it's a lot easier to meet people in the burbs than mm-hmm. it is in the city. You know what? It's a great point. Absolutely. I, like, I've only gone on one date with a person from the city, and most of the dates have been with people in the suburbs. And really? Yeah. Because a lot of because it's interesting. It's like you meet someone at a bar in the city, There's and less competition. There's, it's not. There like, is not really yeah. big thing. Like I, less I, I, I've met people at a, at a no secret sauce. I've met people at a bar, and I'll like get their number. I'll be all excited, and then I'll text them. I'll get no answer. I'm like, oh, I guess it didn't work out. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like usually, um, I've noticed like the best way to meet people, right, is friends of friends. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Right. I think when you meet someone through a friend of a friend. A, um, it, you're a little more comfortable approaching them because yeah. you know a little not in like a you know a little bit about them way, but you know a little bit about them, <laughs> right? right? And, and and you know the you know the friend, you, you trust the friend. There's context, for yeah. That. yeah there's and context. Like there's some and accountability. Yeah, something goes accountability. Yeah. That's a key word. Yeah. Accountability yeah. Really is the key word to everything. You want to be that dick to all your friends, right? Yeah. And if you ghost her, everyone's gonna find out. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in where we are, it's 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 like you're you're gonna know if something if someone broke up with someone then. You start worrying, and then I like at least for me, I was like, did I do it the right way? And then you have to, you gotta try to do everything the right way. Accountability is key in everything in life. Yeah. Know? Because like, you don't want to like, at least with me, I I I feel awful if I do something that accidentally, even if it accidentally affects that person the wrong way. And I'm not perfect at all. I've made so many mistakes with. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, I'm talking about. I'm, I'm like, I'm just saying, as we're talking accountability, I'm not always accountable. I don't always do what I. I'm not always good with that. Mm-hmm. But I try, yeah. you know, and I try to do it in my best way. And sometimes it's not what they want, and sometimes it's not what I expected it to come out of my mouth. But you know what? I try to be accountable. Yeah. You always got to be accountable in your actions because you know what? They come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's fair. True. It's fair. You got to be fair. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much thank you. for being on the pod. We had so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and where can our listeners find you? We can plug you and plug your podcast. We're officially on Spotify as of yesterday. <gasps> Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Um, we'll be on iTunes next week. And we're also on Google Play now. Nice. As of uh, about a day and a half ago as well. Collected also, jckfoundation.org yep. slash collected layers. Yeah. And also, if any of you guys are, feel free to reach out to the JCK Foundation in general because we love connecting with people and we love doing whatever we can to, honestly, as corny as it sounds, to, to make your life better and to help. If you're a teacher, yeah. let us come to your school and give uh, high school and college programs for mental health awareness. Absolutely. You're gonna get her Jesus, teacher. Oh my god, no, oh keep god. him away. All right, and on that note, <laughs> oh god, <it's> a fuck. <laughs> think about the children. On that note, thank you all for listening. It's been a great episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Al, for being here as yeah. always. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you Please. for making it back to Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah all right. That's brutal. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Yeah.